0: Pat Mayo Pat Mayo experience. Experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2020 Shriners Open DraftKings Picks and Preview. This is the new time slot for the golf pick show during the swing season obviously the masters is going to be a little bit different but as nfl season is going on regular season at least although i guess that depends on how far the regular season goes into the new year i suppose but wednesday late morning early afternoon is when the golf show is going to be coming out just to break up the week a little bit i'll be doing a first look show either mondays or tuesdays it'll be around 10 minutes Preview the course a little bit, early lanes, then we'll really dig into it on Wednesdays. Plus, you know, more time to research, more information to be had. Like, if we had recorded this yesterday, we wouldn't have known that Tony Finau contracted COVID and is no longer playing in this field. We've been talking about, like, hey, you should probably play Tony Finau, which would have been bad advice, because he's not playing. Makes sense, right? If you want to get access to the best tools in the biz for golf, go to fantasynational.com right now. And get yourself a discount if you go to FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. We have The Simulator, the most customizable stat engine on the planet. Build your own model, mixed condition model, ownership projection, lineup generator. It is all there for you. Weekly, monthly, yearly, whatever you do. Yearly is like the move, especially if you use the Mayo discount. Super cheap at that point. So highly recommend FantasyNational.com. If you're looking for my DraftKings cheat sheet, it will be up on dkplaybook.com. If you're looking for my favorite pivots, that is up on ftndaily.com right now as you watch this. Highly recommend you go check that out. Remember to smash the like button for the video and give me your favorite low owned play below $8,000. You know what? Not even low owned. Just give me your favorite play below $8,000 for the Shriners Open on DraftKings this week. Week. And if you are listening to the audio version of this podcast, please, people have stopped doing this so much. It's the currency of the show. Please go leave a five star rating for the show. And if you're feeling good about it, take the 10 seconds, leave a review, be like, hey, good show. It really does help. So please go on with that. If you're watching football, if you're watching golf, whatever it might be, please subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast and Mayo Media Network YouTube channel. Really help me out there. Let's get into it. Joining me from FTNDaily.com and FTNBets.com, Skylar Hoke. He's going back to back on the show. I mean, you're available in the mornings. This is really a good look for you.
1: Hey, you know that's always a big quality in life. I think showing up and being available is huge, so I appreciate it, Pat. You know, it's it's nice to have back to back weeks and get the best field we've seen uh, since the U.S. Open, too.
0: It is a much strong. It's the strongest field at the Shriners in like 38 years. But we're also going to talk a little bit about Wentworth on the Euro Tour. What time does that actually tee off? Is it like 1 a.m.?
1: Yeah, I think locks right around 2:30. Um, normally they run it. So yeah, so Wentworth, obviously the. You know, premier uh, European Tour event on the the season. So BMW PGA Championship, confirming lock for you here. It is going to be at 2:35 a.m. Eastern time. Yep.
0: All right, so we'll do the Shriners first, then we'll jump into Wentworth at the end of the show. If you're just here for Euro stuff, then just use the time code, skip over the PGA. But I don't know why you would want to do that, because look at this field. It's pretty good. If we go to the top of the pricing, we have a former winner of this event coming off a win. It was a major Bryson DeChambeau, 7.5 to 1, but he's 11.8. On DraftKings, Webb Simpson's an even eleven. Cantlay is ten four. Tony Finau would have been ten two, but he is out of this event. So you have those top three guys. It appears to me like people are kind of off Cantlay, and maybe that will change now that Finau has withdrawn from the tournament. That everyone who was using Finau is just going to go up to Patrick Cantlay. I go. I suppose they could go down to Hideki Matsuyama as well. But at the same time, it, it struck me as really weird that a guy who's never finished worse than second at this tournament wasn't getting the buzz as the other like top guys
1: yeah it's almost like there's there's two molds that which people are going to build that they're going to be going up to bryson and trying to you know keep that that hot run he's on going and then jumping if you're going to play him you obviously really can't do much in the 9ks because he's now you know at 11 8 which really affects the remaining five guys on your team Or we see the chalk that's coming in, um, you know, good chalk in some sense in the 9Ks. But people are either looking, I think, to build with two or three of those or Bryson. And Cantley is definitely the forgotten of the three. Even Webb, in a sense, is going to be significantly lower owned with Bryson. But with with the, the domination that he had at Wingfoot, the experience he has here, I'm having a difficult time not just locking in Bryson at the top and then making it work from there on out.
0: Well, consistency is king when it comes to daily fantasy sports like look at me i'm a consistent loser i do the same things every single week so i'm not <laughs> going to use bryson at this tournament because i like this balance build i think i'm only going to play three lineups this week uh you know, play it in the 10 the large one the five and then go into like the hundred dollar single entry the 200 single entry that kind of thing really narrow down my player pool this week and for me i i hadn't planned on using cantlay and i'll really have to dig into the ownership percentages because i see his number going up a little bit more right now like i have bryson projected around 22 percent. i have web coming in around 19% Cantley around 13%. But obviously that's still sucking in some of the Tony Finau ownership. I'm curious to see where that ends up going. I would imagine most people actually do go down to either Hideki or Morikawa just because it allows you to build a more balanced roster. That it's a really interesting circumstance. Like I don't love Cantley. Camp- I I get why people don't like Cantley this week. He really hasn't played all that well since the restart. He's been wildly inconsistent. But this is a place and let me throw this out to you with TPC Summerland. You have Bryson's a former winner here, you have Cantley's a former winner here, and you start looking at some of the guys that have played really well with this tournament. Is Mirfield Village a crossover course for this place?
1: It's it's certainly the winner crossover. I mean, if you look at the what the last three winners it was, right, of all, I mean, if you include, I mean, you talked about Morikawa on your preview show where he won at Mirrorfield Village for the workday, but it's interesting because I more or less see it almost playing out again like what last week has, and almost even Corrales, too. I mean, fairways aren't difficult to hit. You know, you can just kind of bomb it out here. The greens and regulation are, are pretty easy. You think you have to run hot with the putter, but some of these guys have shown some accuracy. The, the winners, I think, like, the previous five winners all have been top 25 in accuracy, which is a little weird based off the, the rough link. But um, there's no lying when those that have done well at Muirfield have shown success here.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking right now on Fantasy National over the past five years, the players that have gained the most strokes total. It's Cantlay, Bryson, Finau, Webb, and Hadley. So is another guy who's obviously he's never won at Muirfield Village but played really well there over the years. So I, I just thought it was an interesting angle to look at. Maybe it just is the winner. But that would still lead me to Morikawa anyway, because that's really what I wanted to do this week. When we go into the 9K level, I mean, my first... I opened up my... Sportsbook. You know, use DraftKings Sportsbook. You open up DraftKings Sportsbook, and at the time when Finau was still in the field, they were hanging Morikawa to twenty-two. I was like, why is Bryson seven and a half, and Cantley like fourteen to one, and Morikawa is twenty-two? Like, it's not that I think that Morikawa has a better chance of winning than these guys, but I feel like he has around the same chance. Yet he was like three times the odds of Bryson. I thought that was really strange.
1: Yeah, it just didn't make sense from that odds perspective. It was the most glaring one when you open it up and see some guy that has three you know, victories on a PGA Tour in, what, nine months? From that standpoint, you know, I guess if you include the, the shutdown, nine months right about, and 22 to one in this field, yeah, that's, that's a, a steal of a price for him. And, and to get him underneath 10K, I mean, it's deserving that he's going to come in at the ownership that he has and starting builds with him. Because, I mean, statistically, it lines up perfectly for him. So I have no problem. The problem is, the, the one I guess problem I do have is if I'm going to go with Bryson, you, it's really difficult to play Bryson and Morikawa or even Bryson and Wolf together if we stack the pair that has found themselves in final groups now, you know, at multiple tournaments. Um, but you just really have to dumpster dive if you're going to take Bryson and also want to play Morikawa and Wolf which makes it difficult
0: if you play one of them I, I just put a lineup with all three of them in it together bryson wolf and morikawa then you're left with 6300 left for each of your players which okay. i think i think i could squeeze out this week because there are guys at the very bottom i don't mind but this kind of goes back to what we saw the past few weeks that there's not a huge difference between 6,000 and this week
1: yeah no I, I definitely agree like there's there's some lower owned guys i mean Realistically, I, I like Scheffler a ton too, like at 9400 I, I kind of group those three together of Morikawa, Wolf, Scheffler together. And I think I actually like Scotty almost the most of the three um, for the price savings you can get on him. But even in that sense, like, again, you're paying premium dollar. I mean, Scotty's price went down $2,000 in one week that he did make the cut. Of course, the field is significantly different, but he was 11400 last week. And now he's down to 9,400. So he shook off that rust in round, from round one miraculously in round two. It was middling over the weekend. But I think, you know, Scheffler is, is just as well in the mix as those other two.
0: I will be giving out my final betting cheat sheet or just my picks at the end of this show because I do want to talk. I still have room for one more guy on my card, and I'm really torn on who it should be because there's one guy I really want to bet who almost fills the same sort of role of Scheffler. It's funny, my first three clicks of this week after doing my first round of research were Morikawa, Wolf, and Scheffler. Just boom, boom, boom. I was like, I can build a lineup with those three guys, yep. no problem. And I do think that like right now I have Wolf being the most, the highest projected guy. When I wrote my Golf Digest article, he. Was my pick to win. I think that any time that you see that Bryson has played well at a course, just Matthew Wolf will probably play well at that course too. Uh, We're on bent grass. Morikawa is probably going to play well at that course. All three of his wins have been on bent so far. So that's, and listen, whenever you have a drivable par four, you probably want Colin Morikawa. That guy dominates short par fours because he can just pull out driver and be ultimately accurate versus everyone else in the field with it. And then Scheffler, I didn't bet Scheffler, but I do like the DraftKings price. But that, all three of those guys are going to come in really highly owned so when you look at the rest of the nine thousand dollar level like the full scope Hideki is the most expensive in that tier then it's Morikawa then English then Wolf then Day Scheffler M Casey Sergio and Ricky Fowler so I also like Ricky Fowler this week I bet Ricky Fowler this week but no one's using Casey no one's using Sergio and absolutely nobody is using Jason Day now I get that but at the same time is there any one of those three guys that is the ultimate pivot player I mean by the term definition of a pivot play, they're all pivot plays, but is one of these a good pivot play?
1: Yeah. I would think that, you know, it, it hurts seeing Sergio win last week from the perspective of we've we, been on him yeah, for, we, we, for so we, we long. We fucking
0: bet him for like six straight months since the restart. And then all of a sudden yep. he, he closes his eyes and he learns how to putt.
1: I mean, and that's where like, I've kind of reflected a little bit over the time being and you know, I've thought that the last few weeks were going to be putting contests, and to see him win a putting contest. You know, there's there's two modes of doing it. You can just hit it so close like he's done and then put field average or a little bit better. And you're there. That's That's a top five for someone like that. So to me, if I'm viewing last week as a similar type of course and no one's going to go back to somebody who has been striking it. Of the three, I think Sergio, who is the cheapest, is probably my favorite of those three pivot
0: plays. So I can see Sergio in this spot. The one I actually really do like is Paul Casey, just because he has been consistent both off the tee and through approach this entire time. He's actually putting kind of well, and you only see him at marquee events that... He kind of get shook from time to time. Like, we saw him at the U.S. Open. We saw him at the BMW, the Northern Trust. Yes, he did play. Wyndham and came 31st. That's been his, like, one down tournament. And he came 31st. Yeah, he came 49th in the Northern Trust, but that's probably, like, the strongest field of the year. But he's showing up in these premier events. This field is strong, but it's nothing to the extent of what we've seen from that. And the fact that he's not just the fact that he's not losing like six strokes putting per event anymore, he's like right around field average. It does feel like I don't have the utmost confidence in him, but I was going to go to one of these guys. It would probably be him between day Casey and Sergio.
1: And and I think back to what he said, I think would have been at the PGA championship when he was in contention that not having fans is actually like really, you know, calming him down and not he's somebody who obviously had Sunday struggles that, You know, that is playing to a positive to a sense. And his to the green game at Wingfoot was was way stronger than I thought looking back on it. So I don't mind that either.
0: So, yeah, I guess if I end up, maybe I'll chuck him into one of three and see how that goes. Uh, Any love for like Sung Jae or who else do we have here in the nines? I mean, uh, are you on Team Ricky? Because his ball striking at Wingfoot was tremendous. He couldn't putt, which is the weirdest thing I've ever seen for Ricky.
1: Yeah. I'm still never really a a Ricky backer. I mean, the price is getting better. His odds are getting better. You know what I mean? To grab almost a 40 to one, like you said, you got this week. I think that is decent. Truthfully, I I would rather go into the eight K's because if I'm going to play Bryson and I'm not going to play three guys in the six K's, I actually like going to two guys in the eights where my next pivot would be below Ricky is the guy actually a hundred dollars cheaper and who I think may go um, lower owned than Ricky too, is Kokrak. I really like Kokrak this week. I feel like the, the driving setup, the approach game, I mean, he's had, what, four straight top 25 finishes? I know his price has been elevated, but I think he's going to go under-owned and statistically lines up very well from what I'm looking at, of course.
0: it's I find it's always tough with Kokrak where, I mean, it's no different than Sergio. It's like, when are you going to get that week where the putter actually comes through? And we got that at the U.S. Open. Now, can that sustain yeah. itself and happen again? Or is he going to go back to losing strokes, putting in like eight straight tournaments? I don't know. But the ball striking, he's been one, two, three, four, five, six straight tournaments, gaining off the tee, gaining through approach. I can see that. I think a lot of people are going to go to Abraham answer or Louis at 88 and 87. I'll probably go hard pass on those guys. The one I really wanted to talk about, that no one seems to be using, uh, like for just from the projection ownership i see right now like people are going to own henley he's a statistical darling but he hasn't played in ages he hasn't played since the fedex cup playoffs but if we keep going below him and we go to like the 83 the 82 the 81 people seem to be gravitating towards neiman everyone's going to use cameron davis because he was mega chalk last week and came through for everyone but no one wants to use will zalatoros anymore he was like the most popular player in the world last week you get a huge reduction in his price he's 70 to 1 to win this tournament and legit no one's using him i'm going to use him he was the guy i was thinking about betting at 70 to 1.
1: Oh, I did. I pulled the trigger. the first bet when I opened up. I think I got a 66 for him. Like for for two rounds where he still was, you know, the same Wills Alge for us that we know his ball striking was fine. You know, he's been on quite the run, and I'm sure he was exhausted. That a weekend off is, is a good thing, I think, in some way. Of course, it burned, you know, a couple of my lineups last week, but to get him at 8300 and to get him low-owned for something that should be a ball striker's paradise, I, I love going back to Zalatoris. And please, the rest of you guys can fade him. I think at that price, I am definitely... He's my you know favorite play. If I'm going, I can get Bryson, Kokrak, and Zalatoris and still make things work pretty decently.
0: Would you consider not going with Kokrak and moving up a little bit in that spot and sacrificing on the back end?
1: So, yeah, I think it would... Um, again, just coming to wanting to play those guys lower in the sixes, I guess if you could get to Scotty like that, I, I think you'd have a tough time getting to Wolf, but if you could get to Scotty, then uh, I have intrigued there. Or if you're going to play, I guess if you like Ricky or, or Casey, you could probably make things work without having to play them in price. I just think there's a big mistake in the high sevens as well with pricing. That's going to be tough to avoid too. It's just, I don't know. Cause like Cam Davis is going to be really chalk again. Do you like Davis at all? No.
0: I mean, I, I like. David, I don't want to say that I don't like him. I like him fine. I don't like him at 25% with guys that I think are better players right around him.
1: Yeah, that's the same thing I think. And But that's the tough part when I think of last week when it was Burns and Doc Redman, who we'll talk about, were the 20-plus the uh, owned guys in the 9Ks. It's a different ballgame when it's Morikawa, Wolf, and Scheffler. You know, you don't expect those guys to have that off of a week and miss the cut. Like it wouldn't have been that much of a surprise, like Sam Burns did last week. So that's where the the chalk this week. When you come to Davis, it, it definitely is something I think we can fade to.
0: Yeah, and if he burns you, he burns you. Eventually, if you start fading this like low eights chalk with guys that, and maybe Cam Davis is taking a leap as a player and he's just different than what we expect him to be. But I think just it's been running so hot for him and he didn't get there. Eventually this kind of peters out a little bit. Uh, We never, just to go back to the nines for a second, like we just kind of glossed over Harris English. Like, should we be glossing over Harris English? Like, (laughs) I just, I I just find it so uncomfortable to see his name up there with all these other guys.
1: We probably shouldn't gloss over why he's probably been arguably the second best player in this field over the last, since the restart. You know what I mean? That's probably his title. He would say, Um, you know realistically was right there if Bryson didn't uh, you know take off like he did on Sunday I mean Harris has gained a stroke and a half per round since the restart it's just I can never click his name especially at 9700 like he was what 7700 at the U.S. Open probably an oversight for where ownership landed for him but 9700 I just seem to think the other guys are going to win more than what he is and at that price I don't know maybe it's just a Harris English thing but I don't find myself being there.
0: All right, so who is the guy in the upper sevens that you think is Miss Price? Is it Doc Redman?
1: Yeah, it's Doc. I mean, he goes down from what he was last week, 9,700 down to 7,900, you know, standard Doc. I mean, I just don't view him, like, that much different. I'm what he made the cut. He was still fine from the ball-striking standpoint, finished 28th. I just don't think he's deserving of a 1,900, you know, discount. Even with the field strength coming up, I mean, long term, this guy's ball striking is, you know, top 10 in this field where I have, uh, I feel much better playing him at 7,900 than I do Cam Davis at 8,200. And maybe that's a mistake. And maybe that's where I can find myself finding more salary is getting off dock. But man, he sets up so well, in my opinion here.
0: Well, that's a problem. I like Doc. I mean, Munoz is always just kind of on the radar for me, but I probably won't be using him this week. But then everyone else in the 7Ks like i don't love it like i faded sam burns last week i'm not going back to sam burns long-term form harold verner rates out really well for me at 7500 but it just seems like it's too much money like long-term brennan Steele rates out really well for me at 7200 i think my next play would actually be going back to ben Ann, who's three thousand dollars cheaper this week and he lost 6.5 strokes putting last week in two rounds like no he's not a good putter that's probably not going to happen again
1: Agreed. Agreed. It's just egregious to see somebody drop that much salary when I I get the field strength differences. But these are are, our type of players that you can't just evaluate them on a two round basis like we have talked about where I have no problem going back to him. And the best part is he's probably he could potentially be just as low owned as he was last week at the salary, even though he's seventy two hundred or seventy one hundred dollars. I like somebody else right there at seventy one hundred dollars who has been. You know, I would say decent, Um, you know, since the restart, I think he popped up at the PGA championship where he finished, I think 10th, he's coming off a miscut. Um, But uh, I like Joel Dahman a little bit. Any interest there?
0: No, not really. Like I, I can get it, but this is just not a range. This entire seven k range is just not where I want to be. Like, if I was going specifically on the type of player that I think would play well here, it would be like Ryan Palmer, who just periodically pops okay. up once every three weeks in the ball striking department. He's seventy four hundred dollars, but even that, like, it, just honestly, everyone's gonna use Christoph Ventura down here at seventy one hundred bucks.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, he'll be he'll be like fifteen plus. And again. He, he goes from the 9Ks two weeks ago into the 7Ks and then stays there after a strong week last week. So some of this pricing just doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, but, yeah, he's going to be the definite chalk. But is there much difference in these lower guys to the you know higher sixers? No, no to that point. So I think if you're going to get top heavy, you're playing two or three above 9K, you're playing Bryson, this is the range we're going to have to live down here
0: along with Ben Ann and he kind of fits my Memorial corollary with Mirfield village. He tends to play pretty True. well there. Streelman would be another one who kind of pops up on that list. If you mentioned that the players who have actually ended up winning here end up inside like the top 25 in terms of driving accuracy, Streelman would fit that prototype. And it's not like he's having a bad year. He's actually having a pretty good, like since the restart for Kevin Streelman.
1: Yeah. I don't mind Streelman at all. Actually, i um, getting him at that pretty cheap price. And I think that's, you know, we talked last week and we made up a, a narrative, uh, not a narrative, but like made up different constructions of what you could do with the lineups and was there ways to get where the accuracy type would have mattered. I don't know if it's going to happen as much this week, but like that mold of player, I didn't even mention him in the 8Ks. We we, we just talked Zalatoris, but like a, a Zach johnson streelman combo, if it's going to play in that type of sense is, I think ZJ's a little sneaky and overlooked in the, at 8,500, but that's just kind of a overall strategy uh, piece of a lineup build. Do you think there's any merit to, to building a couple guys that may not be distanced, but you know, are, are more plotters that could can run hot like Kevin Na did last year.
0: Yeah, I mean, Kevin Na is another one that we just didn't even talk about. He was last year's winner after he gained over 14 strokes putting. But he's another, like, kind of accuracy if the irons get hot, which we know they can. That'd be the one thing that I would want for my accuracy guys. Do they have the potential to lead this field in strokes gained on approach? And whether it's Zach Johnson, whether it's Kevin Na, whether it's Kevin Streelman, I would think that they could. That they probably won't. But they have that upside. There's a lot of accuracy guys that just don't.
1: Yeah, like ZJ did lead. I think he led round four uh, in a stroke seat approach last week. at a strong weekend, uh, better approach recently. So that's why he popped up on that mole. But I, I think there's some darts in the six Ks that do have some extreme approach upside um, that we can, you know, get lucky with and build those top heavy lineups with.
0: So let's talk about the 6Ks. There is one name in here that I think that we have to kind of hammer down on of what we want to do. And for me, it's just a pass and it's a wait and see. But Molinari is back in the field for the first time since the restart. I don't know why he picked this specific event to come back to, but he's 6,700 bucks. He's like the 30th best player in the world. He hasn't played in eight months.
1: Yeah. It just seems reading like the, the tea leaves with him, he just doesn't care as much about professional golf anymore and more power to him. You know, he's got all the money in the world now after such a great run, he went on, but you know, he played four events so far this calendar year didn't make any cuts. The only one he played four rounds in was WGC Mexico where it was guaranteed. Um, So I just, it's, it's not worth it. That price is is crazy to look at and, and think about him, but, I would have preferred to see him over at Wentworth because he dominated that course, but his family's in California. He just seems to be easing back into play. So I agree. It's just a, a wait and see on him.
0: Has anyone taken a more precipitous drop-off in terms of ownership and pricing ever on DraftKings than Will Gordon from Puta Canada to Will Gordon today at $6,300?
1: Sir, and, and the same people that played him two weeks ago should still play him this week. You know, if it's going to be off the tee, Will Gordon until last week was the first tournament of 2020 that he's lost off the tee on, but he was breaking 30% in that, that contest, which was just absurd. And to think he's going to be 3% at 6,300, you have to sprinkle if he's your guy and that you're thinking, you know, he's going to continue on because that off the tee game has shown such spikes that I agree. Just don't give up on him. If you cared that much, if you were off him the whole time, there's no reason to, to find him now, but, um, I kind of like, again, if we just stay with kind of that mold of some ball striking and going to, do you think Tyler McCumber can run it back for like a third straight, top 10 because he's been hot these last two
0: weeks yeah i bet him top 20 i bet him to win at 175 to one he's 6500 bucks i like tower mccumber you sold me on him last week i used him he was good I'm gonna go back to the well this time around it's not like he's gonna be 15 oh and he might be like five if that uh, people don't even know who this guy is so after missing seven straight cuts he's posted back-to-back top tens now if he goes out and shoots like plus 20 i'm not gonna be super stunned he's 6500 bucks but i think that's where i want to start and i think that's why you can jam in two 9k guys and bryson if you really want to you have McCumber at 65 mj defu just keeps popping up on leaderboards Gosh. like you can go to him he's 6500 bucks martin laird at 6400 the ball striking is still there jason duffner i mean the guy couldn't make a putt last week but the ball striking once again still there and then if you want to go down to the bottom at 6k i liked what i saw at a graham delette in that second round at corrales why not
1: I knew, I knew you'd bring up Graham today. It was a lock. I mean, what he shot eight under on that second round. Like that was awesome to see. And if you would think of old Graham Delette, this is the perfect course of which he would have excelled on. So taking a flyer in there, I mean, you're doing it with three lineups. I mean, that's, that's bold with him, but I think he is definitely one to be early on if that form is there. I'd like to go back to Dafu, who you mentioned, who I had wrote up last week on FTN and like, he's just somebody who has eaten up the mini tour scene and just never cracked through with consistency and, and now getting to have him, you know, with this week, he's a sponsor's exemption. So he was guaranteed playing in here. You know, he doesn't have the stress of playing the Monday qualifier, barely seeing the field or the course on Tuesday, Wednesday, his approach game last week led the field at Sanderson. When he was at the work day, he was leading approach after three rounds. This kid can ball. So I'm definitely in on MJ. I think you can pair uh, McCumber and MJ and then get real you know top heavy with
0: it yeah if you go if you even just do that uh, and I might end up playing more than three lineups now that I want to play Graham Dillette. that probably 33 <laughs> percent Graham Dillette, uh, that'll uh, it's not great so but I do like McCumber a lot like so if you go Bryson Morikawa defue McCumber you now have 7,700 bucks left for whoever you yeah. want. Like, is there anyone else? That, like, I like Duffner this week. Like, I like Duffner every single week. But at the same time, like, if he can just put field average, Sergio, he's essentially like Sergio in a weird way. Like, he's not as good of a ball striker as Sergio. But consistency in terms of ball striking, it's there almost every week.
1: Well, and you brought up your comp of of too. Yeah. You know, with Duffner. So, if you're playing that mold, I definitely, I mean, what, he, he gained six strokes ball striking last week, right? He made the cut, so I mean, he no, no, he he missed, um, he, missed oh, cut, no, he missed the cut. Oh no, he missed the cut. So that was yeah. So that was two rounds. Okay, so so still, with that, I mean, the ball striking is what it is with him. You just have to, to your point, run hot with that putter. But sixty four hundred, you take that chance. I mean, a guy, it, it's it's stretching, but it's on that major medical too that that Dillette said who was better than uh, Duffner in in um, ball striking last week, and he made the cut. Is Camille? Camilo Villegas made the cut. Like, is this back? Your tweet Thursday morning last week is, are we back in 2016? We've been winning all the money. He was really, really good tee to green last week. I think he was second to Sergio.
0: Really? I I didn't, that just kind of eluded me. I wasn't even looking at that. Um, I don't know about Camilo. He's still like the most jacked, the most like lean golfer on the planet. He stole that title away from Rafa cabrera Bayo. It was his Rafa took it. Camilo's back with it right now. Does he still do like the spider reading of the putts? (laughs)
1: Honestly, I, I don't know. The the only thing that I, I have seen on Camille recently for those that weren't following on the corn Ferry, his, his daughter passed away recently and he's, you know, had an emotional comeback and played pretty well um, since that. Like he literally looking at the, the strokes gained last week, he almost lost six strokes putting and he still finished 23rd last week. So if you want to run hot with a one week set of data, like Camille and Duffner, I mean, they're $100 off. Like he's he he did stripe it last week.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So maybe that's what I'll end up doing. Maybe I'll end up playing like ten lineups. Really kind of filter down who I like at the top. Use like eighty percent of those guys. Whether it be just use some combination of Bryson Can'tley, Wolf Morikawa, Casey, and Scheffler. Throws Zalatoris into that mix too, and then just take like eight of these like bottom end six K guys and just kind of like shuffle them through the bottom of my lineups.
1: Yep. Yep. And that's the way I like to play too. I mean, I, I prefer, you know, a a tight core where you can hit, if you're going to hit it, you're going to have that right combo, you know, and, and if, you know, Scheffler, Morikawa, Zalatoras are all top five, you hope, you know, three of those guys down, down low, make the cut and you can make some noise. So that's the way I prefer it too. And I'm going to stay in the sixes this afternoon, like on FTN daily, I write the seven under seven article every Wednesday so that'll be up this afternoon where we'll go a little bit deeper in explanation on some of these guys, but we're hitting really everybody from that range. Our boy J.B. Holmes is back in the field again this no, week. No, he did uh, me how so... How bad was he? He
0: did me so... All of my guys did me so fucking dirty on Sunday at Sanderson. I went into Sunday at Sanderson being like, I think Snedeker's going to win. This is going to be great. Then I looked mm-hmm. at the leaderboard after the fact. Every single player who finished inside the top 20 was even or under par on Sunday, except one guy guy. That was Brant Snedeker. Nice. Yep. Yep. Classic. Classic Brant. And then,
1: oh, I, before we, we move on to Euro, I did want to mention, too, who I'm going back after his strong performance um, in the Corrales would have been um, Justin Sue. So Justin Sue plays out of TPC Summerlin. Uh, his home course got the sponsor's ex- exemption, so he's coming off 14th and then a 33rd and he's ripped up that little iq the local iq series for the um, guys who can't play in like china or latin america or canada he had three top tens on that comes in with a 14th corralis and now he's at his home court so i bet him and i like him a lot in the six k's too well
0: wow, what are his odds 225 so yeah. he I'll, opened okay I'll, I'll yeah i found
1: 250 yep Mhm.
0: All right, let's go here. Ten. So I mean,
1: there's guys that live out there that that you know can just play differently in, in this altitude and condition. So I like I like Sue quite a bit. All
0: right, so I'll add Sue to that like Jabroni player. But what's he? Sixty two hundred bucks. All right, here we go. We're, we're building the card now too. Does Scott Harrington lead a tournament every single week, and I just no one ever notices?
1: Yeah, I, I don't get his his game. Like, I mean, what he. This cut 14th, 14th, what was Corrales? Yeah, when he played well. I mean, he's long off the tee, he, like long and straight, I think. But um, I just, I, I can't get around on him.
0: Um, should we
1: be going? It is crazy looking at.
0: I was going to say, should we Will just... Will Gordon keep...
1: at 6,300.
0: I know, it's, it's really bizarre. I didn't use... I never use Will Gordon <laughs> anyway, so I'm not, like, too concerned about him being 6,300 bucks. I wasn't, If I wasn't going to use him, like, when he was a very obvious play, I'm probably not going to use him when he's not an obvious play at the same time. I'll just go back to my yep. losers, like Ben Ann, every single week. But <laughs> should we just be rolling with Henrik Norlander at 6,900 bucks?
1: that's, that's probably the smart thing to do. I was talking with Axis yesterday and it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm in on Norlander. He's just like a pure by the numbers guy. And I mean, the fourth he had last week was quite strong. I mean, it was backing off, you know, three straight missed cuts, but that stretch that he had, well, it would have been at rocket mortgage, right. When he was like the most chalk um, and, and came through um, for everybody. But yeah, I think it is, you know, a pretty decent miss price at getting him in the six K. So he's probably, if I'm asking for the safest one, quote unquote, I, I think he's pretty fair to play with. I mean, Shank at the same price too has made a ton of cuts in a row. I think he has probably in this field the longest standing cut made streak, um, and you're getting that at 6,900 too.
0: Yeah, like the, the inventor of basketball, Matthew Naismith, is down there. But I think I'm just going to stick he to that. He like, played well last week. I know, yeah. Like I think I'm just going to stick to the 65 and below. Maybe Norlander, I'll consider that. But the guys generating some ownership in the 9K or in the 6Ks right now, if people are wondering, it appears like it's going to be Straka, Norlander, Shank, and Gooch, those four guys. And none of them will probably crack 10%. Okay.
1: No, no, so it's fair. But yeah, I, I'm with you. And I mean, I'm guilty of it, like being early on these guys who don't have much status and, you know, flash here for a couple weeks. But I mean, McCumber's now done it back to back weeks. Sue did it in the Barracuda, and then he did it at Corrales. I, this is a field step up, but, you know, I, I just think it's worth it to be early on low ownership at a cheap, cheap price to jam in the guys we love up top. Because now that I think about, you know, instead of potentially playing Doc, you know, you can save $1,700, um, you know, getting getting down to, to sue and then make things definitely definitely work with some lineups. So I know that's a big stretch between those two, but if you are going to play multiple of Morikawa, Wolf, Sheppler, they're going to break 20%, so you're going to have to get unique somewhere. And I think you can do that deep in the sixes. All
0: right, let's move to the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth on the European Tour. Now, this is a field.
1: That, yes, that's, that's yes. Mainly this my is the main, best one
0: we've seen that's basically my main comment Patrick Reed is playing official European Tour lifetime member Patrick Reed
1: yes you know the beloved Patrick Reed over there in Europe you know they couldn't wait to see him and he came here last year finished fourth played well I mean it, this this field last year got it got to have Vic in it um, it had Horschel. like this is the premier you know tournament for the European tour this course is is just amazing. Um, and, you know, it'd be fun to watch. I mean, if anything, you're going to wake up early and watch this. Um, you know, this is the the field and the tournament Rose came over, um, you know, so I think I'm not going to really stay as much up top. You never really know with some of these top Europeans. I think I'm going to live in like the 40. 40- to one range-ish and then throw some darts at the bottom like I always like to do
0: all right so give us some names like if we're constructing DraftKings lineups first if we do go with one of the studs and who we want to build around who are you looking for to be? because it sounds like it's going to be super rainy super soft that it may not play like Wentworth normally does
1: yeah so it looks like it, it could be gross for the first few days and potentially a wave advantage so last week and this is something, again, if you're playing Euro DFS and you're looking for, for an edge, paying attention to whether that people don't, like that like is you know a, a big thing to do because last week there was a four-stroke wave difference between the AM-PM and the PM-AM. So it could potentially play out right now. It looks like the late starters on Thursday might get the better of it. And I'm not willing to, to fully stack my lineups just yet, but I would say still statistically... He was gutless down the stretch, but Fleetwood should be perfect here. Like, I don't know if anyone watched, but he missed two five-footers in the last five holes to lose. Um, but he's just – his T-degree game when he goes to Europe is just – you know, he blitzes the field. He led the field by four strokes last, last week and total t to green gained. So he's my one-up top. I think you're going to get Rose at extreme low ownership, but it's just in Rose. You know, it's just the, the same kind of thing you'd look at. He's done well here at Wentworth. So if you're looking to get contrarian to start your build, I would say Rose is the guy, but Tommy is my favorite above
0: 10k. Okay. Uh, and if we go down just a little bit into this like next tier of solid European player, like, should we just be going with, like, the what wins at this course? It's like a bit of accuracy, but supreme ball striking, right? Like, if players who gain a bunch off the tee but are also accurate, that's what we're looking for?
1: Pretty much. You need you pretty much need to play from the fairway. It's pretty tree lined um, at this course, and just hitting greens in regulation. The standard ball strikers. I mean, you look Willett won last year, which was awesome. You know, Will it was, um, you know, he he took Rom like to the shed. I mean, but he beat him by three strokes down the down the back nine after Rom was, um, I think, leading or Rom was contending with him um, on the last day, and then before that, Molinari, who we mentioned, and if you think of Molinari, probably has the best course history of anybody the game that he has is he gained off the tee because he's in the fairway, hits every green, and then you get lucky with the putter. And, and he did that, you know, every time he came here. So that kind of does fit a little bit of Fitzpatrick, if he can find that approach game. I mean, he's, he's more accurate, plays well around difficult courses. He's probably not deserving to be 9,800. Um, but my gut always ends up going with Thomas Peters because he just flushes it. But he, he literally like, he needs to learn Sergio's technique of putting because he's arguably one of the worst putters that you can find out there or else he would be doing what he did at the U S open every single week where he's up there in contention. And last week he missed the cut because he missed, I think two or three strokes putting in two rounds.
0: Just based on like the style of player that we've seen, shouldn't Matthias Schwab play really well here?
1: Such a train wreck. Um, It's sad that like, I mean, maybe, and, and that's where, the separation does have to come in where I want to jump in a guy who plays well on the European Tour on the PGA when he plays over here, and I, I get you know a little too um, antsy with it and want to not wait and see and be early. And oftentimes, you know, a thirty place finish on the European Tour or on the PGA Tour is as good as a top five on the PGA Tour in some of these you know stronger feet fi- or on the European Tour in some of these weaker fields. So it's 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 tough to judge with Schwab because he struggled at Corrales. He did do well when we were on him at the CUDA, but I'm probably waiting and seeing on Schwab's return. I would probably go into the eight K. So if you remember last week, I loved Lucas Herbert. I don't know if you followed him at all, but he was, he was a 36 hole leader. Yeah. And then he shot 78 on Saturday. So he literally ate over par and then he came back and shot 600 on Sunday to lose by two. So imagine losing by two, after shooting an eight over par. So I think going back to him, I would just be remiss if he won this week after being so close last week with a terrible one round and not throw out the other 54 holes. So I think I'm going to bet Herbert again. And I love the uh, the Scott who looks like our uh, Andercust, Bob Mack, Bob yeah, McIntyre.
0: Yeah, the, the, Scott, the Scottish Andercust. I mean, maybe he's permanently cursed. He has switched caddies, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he's using Brooks's old uh, challenge tour caddy. So and that was tough. It was a family friend. Like, he's never won. Like, literally in his professional, like, OWGR sanctioned career, McIntyre doesn't win. And he said, that it, like, he came out and said, I need to get over the hump, and this was a tough decision for me, and hopefully this caddy can, you know, help me get there and not just be a friend for me. So I think him, you can get him close to 50 to 1. Um, I think he's a strong bet. And we mentioned going back to Sergio on the PGA Tour, Aaron Rye won last week and his game is hitting fairways, hitting greens and making putts when he can. And if he doesn't contend, it's because he normally didn't putt well, but he actually did it from the bad wave. So he was one of, I think it was only six golfers who finished in the top seven golfers who finished in the top 25 last week from the bad wave and Rye won making up that four stroke difference. So that was pretty impressive. And people don't like backing a, a winner, but you're getting 40 to one, on Rye, at 9200 he might be a better draft games play because of ownership, but I think he's intriguing, too, at 9200
0: So the only ones that really stuck out to me, uh, just based on their odds and their pricing and the sort of upside that I know that they have, just when you get on the British Isles, Tong is usually pretty good, and we know that he can flash that, like, best-in-the-field upside at everything that he does. He can also be, like, the worst fucking guy on the planet at the same time. It's just so variant what he's going to do, but I see him at 60 to $1. He's in, what, the low... How Tong is $7,800? Like, isn't he the sort of upside? Like, he's the guys around him, like Gavin Green, the Juice Lutner, Victor Perez, Mike Lorenzo Vera, like those type of guys. I think that How Tong is the best player of all those guys, even if he's not the most consistent.
1: I agree. I agree. I like How Tong a lot. You know, his his upside is leading through 36 holes of the <laughs> PGA Championship like he did. I mean, he's a European Tour winner. You know, Mike Lorenzo Vera, he's consistent, but he's literally never won on a European Tour before. And also, Tong finished 14th last week, again, in that bad side of the wave. So looking at and just kind of reading the tea leaves, that game, you know, was was top five last week for him. So getting him at 7,800, I do agree um, that he is a a strong play there. Um, Have you, so there's another one at 7,100. So again, we talked getting early on guys on the PGA Tour, guy by the name of Garrick Higgle. 21-year-old South African who won three weeks ago at the Open Day Portugal. Um, it's going to make his debut um, here on the uh, at Wentworth. And, again, he just he got full status on the European tour because of his win. But this kid stripes the ball. So he leads in ball striking. I mean, he's averaging in his, let's see, it would have been – 18 rounds that he's played uh, with laser data on the European Tour, he is gaining 1.8 strokes gained ball striking per round. So for 7,100, he's somebody that I want to be on too. So I don't know if he can win at this big of a stage yet, but I think it's a fair discount for how well he's performed on the European Tour and his his little uh, sample size.
0: So this is Derek Higo?
1: Higo, yes. I think he's probably like 90 to 100 to 1, 7,100.
0: Should I go back to my guy, Clinholt Holt again? He's just a, the iron specialist.
1: So you might be a whisperer on some of these guys. Cause Ken Holt played pretty decent last week. You talked about um, Mark, Mark Warren. Warren <laughs> who So you're nailing, yeah, you're nailing two guys that finished inside, inside the top six. So maybe you're actually the Euro specialist here because both those guys, um, you know, Warren, I, I don't really know how to predict with him. He did it from the bad wave too but he came off a miscut. You know, he, he didn't do well. He's got some old history, um, at Wentworth. So, you know, you're still getting a decent number, and a decent price on, uh, you know, Mark Warren and Kinholt. So I think those guys going back to him, not a bad
0: move. Yeah. I see Higo right now at 125 to one.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, his, he won two of his first seven ever, um, like OWGR sanctioned events. He's very young. He beat Kutze, um when, you know, Kutzee was a clear leader. Um, I mean, his odds in some of the like challenge tour fields that they've had as European tour events over the last few weeks have been like 18, 20, 22 to one. So getting him 125 in this field coming off of, he did really well ball striking last week. I think he's worth a shot. I probably, if I can find triple digits, I will definitely get him just for the each way on that perspective.
0: Yeah, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with Hao Tong and Higo as my two bets from the Euro. Uh, is there anyone else like way yeah. down in the pack, low sixes on DraftKings that people should be looking at?
1: You know, it, it's it's just a little hairier this week down here. I mean, we've long been talking about Guido Migliazzi who, after being the best ball striker in the world, he's kind of what you're. Wu and Luke List on the PGA tour is for me on the European tour where you're going to get one fifty to one. He can pop anytime. Like I, I, he's probably not somebody you need to roster on DraftKings, but I would hate to ever miss out on a win on him. Um, so I always kind of throw a saver on him. I like um, Jun Hung Wang at 6,600. He came off a really strong uh, week coming out of the bad side of the wave finished 14th, Really good ball striking last week, and then a first round leader bet who's in the good side of Thursday's wave, and he's a classic Thursday warrior on the European tours. Callum Shinkwin, so Shinkwin led in ball striking last week. Um, you know, has had middling performances here at Wentworth. But um, I think I actually he's only missed he's missed his cut in his one appearance, but he, he loves a Thursday. He's in the good side of the wave. So I think he can probably get like 125 to 150 on that first round leader for Shinkwin. So I'm replacing that bet too. Uh,
0: all right. So Euro first round leader, Shinkwin, 125 I got him at. So I'll, I'll do the each way on him too uh so if he comes inside the top five i'll be pretty good with that as well i'm just adding that to the cheat sheet right now i didn't think i'd end up betting so much golf this week but here we are (laughs) since there's like no nfl games to bet since everything's off the board might as well bet some golf
1: (laughs) true true let's hammer home they'll probably give us more uh bigger contests too as it goes and they did like juice up some of the european tour contests for those that want to play like high dollar stuff there's a new 180 they introduced at the two max um so like They're they're previewing a few new contests on that side of things. So the more they fill and the earlier they fill, the better they will be. So, um, you know, I I encourage anyone who wants to dip the toes in, this is a great week to start.
0: All right. What is the good wave, by the way? Is it the AM, PM?
1: Uh, PM, AM right now. So I can, yeah, if you look, it's going to be like, gosh, I think it was like 30 mile an hour winds um, Thursday morning. Yeah, gusts up to 38 ish mile an hour on Thursday morning and the afternoon. I mean, it's still, it's not like it's significantly lower. It's probably 10 miles an hour lower. It's going to be windy all day, but also on Friday, there's not much wind in the morning compared to the afternoon. So it looks like that stack may get it on both sides.
0: So the the PM AM Euro stack. Might have to go uh, shove in some Euro lineups now with this a this PM AM stack and see how it works out. I actually have a good track record with Euro golf because I I don't overthink my picks like I do on the PGA Tour. It's like oh I know that guy he's pretty good I'll use him. Not like oh this guy's ball oh, striking yeah. has been good like eight weeks ago and like now. Nah. I, I just I don't overthink it. It works out well.
1: It's smart. I mean that's realistically and those that are not familiar with names over there like that's that's the way to do it. You know I think that's. You know, and the contests aren't huge. You don't have to hit the absolute nuts to win big over there. You know, you're also not going to win 100 k but, you know, you can win, you know, $1,500 from, you know, sometimes, I mean, the, the 6 or of 6% over there gets real low. Because top price guys, the uh, the variants, you know, you could see miscut from, from you know, higher dollar guys almost like last week was uh, for it. And that, that's a standard European tour week. So I encourage everyone to play because it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and you can check out all of Sky's work and all of his stats up at ftndaily.com. Use code Mayo. You get yourself a discount on that. So go check that out. My betting cheat sheet for the Shriners and the Euro. Now that I've cobbled this all together, picks to win: Morikawa at twenty-two. He's down to sixteen. I don't love that, but you know, I bet him at twenty-two. So what do you want me to tell you? If you want to bet him at sixteen, go nuts. I think he has the best chance of winning. Uh, besides Bryson Wolf, twenty-five to one. Fowler. 39 to 1. Will Zalatoros, 66 to 1. That's where I got him as well. No each ways on those, just straight wins. The bombs, Norlander, 125. McCumber, 175. Sue at 225. You just talked me into that one. And Jason Duffner at 300 to 1. Those are all with top five each ways. Top 20s, McCumber, 5 to 1. Duffner, 7.5 to 1. Dillette, 14 to 1. My guy, the best of man, Dillette. First round leaders, all with the top five each way. McCumber, Defew, Hama, Sue, Duffner, Laird, and Dillette. Those range from 110 to 250 to 1. Over in Euro, Tong and Higo, 55 and 100. Um, and Euro, first-round leader, Shankwin at 125 to 1 with the top five each way. One and done, I'm using Wolf. Jeff had to switch his pick because he already used Louis, so he is now using Harris English. And Cust, Sky, this isn't good. He's using Scotty Scheffler.
1: Oh, no, that's tough. Tough
0: scene. All right, I think that'll do it. I got anything more to promote?
1: Yeah, I you, you talked about it there on FTN Daily. You know, we always have, um, I always put up two Wednesday videos that are on the site already today. I broke down the European event even deeper than we spoke. And then I always like to preview just some of the niche styles that they offer on DraftKings. So there's always the tiers contest, smaller dollar. But again, you know, if someone's not playing a ton of volume and wants to get unique with it, I always think the PGA tiers contests are always fun. So I always do a little 10, 15 minute hitter on Wednesdays for that. And then you'll find the seven under seven um, article seven under seven K this afternoon, but you know, our team access through um, yourself, Jeff, joining on board. We should have some Jeff content on FTN today. So really excited for what, what's ahead.
0: All right, I'm Pat Mayo. So going forward, the PGA and Euro show is going to be on Wednesdays. My first look will be on Mondays, and Tuesdays will be a very short show to get you ready and prepared for what you need to do. In the meantime, use FantasyNational.com for all of your research to make your selections, be more informed, use all of the tools to make this all easy on yourself. Go to FantasyNational.com slash Mayo and get yourself a discount. Smash a like, give me your favorite sleeper, rate and review the podcast, and that will do it. For me, my cheat sheet will be up on dkplaybook.com later on Wednesday afternoon. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I will see you next time. Pat Mayo
1: experience. Experience.